Hey listeners, we are the Dude Scouts. We drink beers, talk about things, award made-up badges, and most importantly, never take ourselves too seriously. Check us out on Instagram, throw us a follow, and please subscribe on whichever platform you choose to listen to us on. Thanks for being a fan. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of Dude Scouts. Andrew, it's a pleasure to see you. How's it going? It is doing fantastic. I am doing fantastic. And <laughs> what I mean by it is doing fantastic is I'm just looking at my orange whip by Rochester Mills Beer Company. Ooh, you, you know what? You're surprising me again. This is a milkshake IPA. Yeah, so it's ale brewed with milk sugars, orange zest, oranges, and vanilla. You, you know, brewing with milk sugar has been very popular recently. You got to tell me, how is it? Uh, it's it's pretty good. So it's an IPA with, like you said, with milk sugar. So I taste the milk sugar pretty heavily. <laughs> I shared one of these with my brother-in-law who does not really like IPAs. Okay. And all he could taste was the IPA. <laughs> ah, so he focused on the bitter. You focused on the sweet. I focused on the sweet things in life. Yes. <laughs> so it's got a nice orange peel it on the does. can. I like it. Um, and I think they got a couple other flavors. So I'm looking forward to trying those at some point. Okay. All right. Does it taste what? Does it taste like an orange creamsicle? Like it what's... does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It kind of tastes like an orange uh, sherbet, obviously with the slight bitter IPA taste. But yeah, with the hoppy finish. Yep. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. It's kind of like you took a really smooth. A smoother IPA, like a citrusy IPA. Okay. And then you just added some, you know, orange sherbet into it. Gotcha. I, I mean, sounds pretty good. It sounds like something that you could mix with orange sherbet and make a beer float. <laughs> like, the best beer float ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I went with something from Black Rocks this time. So Black Rocks Brewing is out of Marquette, Michigan. Uh, super cool brewery. If you've never been there, real small, uh, kind of homey feeling to it. Uh, and this beer that I'm drinking is called Raven, but it's spelled weird. It's spelled R-A-E-V-N. Uh, Raven is a black lager. It's a part of their lager series. It is 4.8%. And so if there's a popular beer that I'm going to compare it to, it's going to be Perrin Black. But give me mm. a second for this one. It's so much better. <laughs> uh, not to say anything bad about Perrin Black, because uh, it is it is a good beer. But uh, with and this is why uh, one of the reasons why I love Black Rocks is that when it comes to beers like this, they get all their flavors correct. They get the nutty, they get the caramely, they get the the dark chocolate. Everything's notes. present, right? You're not. You, yes. It's not buried by one flavor, right? Yep. So and okay. you're not getting any weird yeast tastes out of it. You're all getting you're getting the flavors that you're supposed to get out of it. Uh, and so this one, while very dark, as you can see, Andrew, yes. very very dark. It tastes really light, drinks really easy, smooth. It's only 17 IBUs, which is practically nothing. You ready for a science joke? Give it to me. That's so dark. I'm not even sure a Higgs boson could pass through it. And I understood none of that. Yeah. <laughs> no Higgs particle is going to get through that. Oh, no, no, definitely is not. No, no, no light. Nothing. Nothing's getting through that. Yeah, even hold it up to the light and there's not much passing through. It may it may be useful in radioactive shielding, <laughs> but we're really not at liberty to make that claim. Yeah, we're not going to make that claim right here, right now. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, nice, easy, light, crisp, clean. That's what I'm, that's what I'm about right now. Uh, so, Andrew, you've got a question for us. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, so up in Lake Superior, Ooh. there is the Stannard Rock Lighthouse. Okay. Now, this lighthouse 
sits uh, 24 miles offshore of the Upper Peninsula. Like, it is the furthest offshore of any lighthouse in the continent of the United States. So it's the farthest back from the shore of any lighthouse ever. Yeah. Well, in, yeah, in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it's the furthest offshore, um, which actually I think that does work out in international, obviously Lake Michigan and Lake Superior kind of international, you know, that's close to that limit, right? I think it's, I can't remember 25 miles or something. I can't remember. There's some limit, right? So pretty close to that, that like that's considered your territory. Okay. Yeah. So this lighthouse, I think at this, I hope to God at this point, it's automatic. So everything just <laughs> runs, but they do have to send people out there to do repairs. Mm-hmm. And so they'll drop off somebody from the U.S. Coast Guard, the Michigan division of the U.S. Coast Guard, and he'll go do repairs there. Okay. Um, sometimes that even happens in, I, and they try to avoid winter because literally the whole thing just gets covered in ice. But if it's not running, like if that thing needs to be running. Um, and so it is considered the loneliest um, lighthouse and the loneliest job to go repair it. Yeah. So in your downtime, what would you do? Ooh, while repairing a lighthouse. While repairing a lighthouse. In your downtime, you are probably not getting cell reception out there because it's the UP. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting anything out there. I mean, and you're also 24 miles away from... Yeah, basically they're scheduling, you know, coming to get you. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing that's really a guarantee. It might as well be the International Space Station, mm-hmm. which you're getting sent to. Wow. What would I do in my downtime while fixing? You know... I'd have to have a book and I'd have to have a book that has way too many pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be a real bummer if that turned out to be just an awful book. Yes, <laughs> it would terribly be terribly written. Yep. <laughs> yep. But man, I'd uh, I'd probably become the uh, world champion at solitaire. <laughs> See, I was going to go the direction of Rubik's Cube and it. Ooh. I would leave it there unsolved for the next guy <laughs> yes. because I would not solve it in that time. <laughs> yeah. It would still not be solved. Yeah, it's not like you have the internet to uh, help you figure it out. Yeah, to get all the cheat codes. Yeah, to figure out how to solve it. Wow. You could just see yourself going into madness just <laughs> because of that Rubik's Cube. Wow. So you went for the, uh, I'm going to make myself crazy over this. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I imagine I'd be there, what, like a couple weeks? Hopefully not. But yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe up to two weeks. Well, yeah. I mean, they got to drop you off and then come back and get you. Yeah. Let's say it's two weeks. I mean, that's two weeks where the only thing you have to do is hang out in a lighthouse and keep it running. Yep. Yeah, I'd probably have to have, well, I mean, geez, at that point, I'd have to have maybe five good books. <laughs> uh, Hopefully. I mean, that's a long repair. You know, it's yeah. a real, real long repair. It's probably just a couple of days at a time, I imagine, you know, going in, replacing yeah. bulbs. Probably something just doing you know, diagnostics things like yeah, that yeah classic repairs but man i yeah i imagine I, I said something about solitaire but i don't even know how to set up solitaire so i don't think bringing solitaire every for, time you go up you'd create a new game a new yeah. card game <laughs> for I'm, the world I, yeah exactly i'd have to invent some new game that's played solo when you come back you have your own youtube channel where you show the game that you invented while yeah. you're out repairing a lighthouse by yourself <laughs> all right guys i invented this game it's yeah. crazy fun no, I would just go insane. <laughs> I was reading Plato's Republic and then I just felt <laughs> like maybe I was a part of it and I just yes. I had to put the book down. Yes. It's somewhere in Lake Superior now. <laughs> I was the man in the cave. <laughs> I'd probably end up making up a bunch of like folk tales about ships that sank that, you know, I that didn't know. actually happen. Yeah. yeah. But who's going to prove me wrong? Yep. I'm a crazy guy that's living in a lighthouse. <laughs> It would not take much for me to go insane. Two weeks without talking to people, I would, I'd go insane pretty quickly. Yeah. My question for you, Andrew, is what job would you do for $10 an hour? 
right now. Ooh. Oh man, that is that is tough. Yeah. What would I do for ten dollars an hour? Oh man, like I guess okay, so let's say like hypothetically that was like training level. Like you're like you're just doing that temporarily and you'd get bumped up after a certain skill level. Nope. No, it's just ten dollars an hour. You're just oh, flat gosh, rate ten dollars an I was, hour. I was gonna say some type of aspect of like construction would be kind of cool, but uh not if it ever, you know, it never left ten dollars an hour. Yeah, no, you're getting paid ten dollars <laughs> an hour and that's all you're getting paid. Oh man. Uh yeah. So I mean I've I've done um so I was I was a cook for a little over ten dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. That was like almost eight years ago now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> so and that was that was pretty brutal, honestly. That was uh, you know my feet were sore pretty much every evening I got back home. Yep, feet were sore. I typically smelled like bo. Um, or because you know I was lower on the the totem pole, I would also go over and start helping doing dishes if that needed to get pulled through. So then I just be covered in dishwater. Yeah. So, um, oh man, yeah, that's not, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even come up with one job where you're like, I would do that for ten dollars. I would hour. be really willing to do that for ten dollars an hour. Uh, maybe like tutoring people. Okay. I could do that for ten dollars an hour. Yeah. All right. Training people. All right. Yep. Tutoring them in school stuff. I could, I could BS my way through that. Okay. But. Okay. Wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, a lot of limitation there. You know, I thought about this question and I had a, pretty much the same response as you for a while where I, there's not a job out there that I would do for $10 an hour, but there is one. I would be the guy who works at a toy store who tests toys for ten dollars an hour. Oh yeah, you know you could be a gamer probably for ten dollars an hour. Yeah, I mean if you're you, testing if a, video games. Yeah, okay, if I was a yeah. video game tester for ten bucks an hour. Yeah, I would absolutely do that because uh, you know at least then I'm getting to enjoy the time that I'm spending for the most part. Well, and see, so I, I like this question because like, you know, for like you and I, I would say we make a fairly comfortable amount of money, right? Yeah. And so when you're somebody who's in that type of situation and then you're asked that question. Yes. What would you be willing to do? Yeah. What job <laughs> for $10 an are hour? you going to do for $10 an hour? And when you can't come up with one solid job where you're like, yep, I would do that. Absolutely. That's that's a problem. I mean, exactly. There, there are people who will quickly turn around and say, well, if I got to do it, I'd do it, you know. But they're not really thinking of all the details. When you start really digging into the details of certain yeah. jobs, you're like, oh, man, like what it actually means to do all that stuff. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. And the limitations, obviously, on the other end of that. Yeah. Um, and that's why like, you know, I came up. If, if my whole job was just to test video games, I would go in and do eight hour days of just playing different video games for 10 bucks or building Lego sets for ten dollars. And at the end of the day, I just walk out of there and leave. That's no stress, no reports, <laughs> no nothing. <laughs> I got to say, there's probably a whole uh, maybe 5,000 people employed in that way yeah. <laughs> in the entirety of the United States. Yeah, and they're not getting paid $10 an hour. They're getting paid a lot more. They're getting, yeah, Actually, that's the crazy part. They are getting paid way more because they give you know feedback on, yeah. on the designs and things like that. Yeah. Um, wow. So, that yeah. really puts it in perspective. So here's the follow-up question to it. What job would you be willing to do for $15 an hour? Hmm. I would say there would be more jobs... Now, I still got to put this in context. That's $30,000 a year. Yeah. Right. It's only 30 grand a year. Yeah. Now, there are certain jobs where you could maybe somewhat make your own schedule. Um, mm-hmm. But those those jobs are pretty few and far between. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's still pretty limited, isn't it? It's still it's still pretty limited. I mean, there's more. There's more that I'd be willing to do there. Would you go to a lighthouse for two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> 
no. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there'd definitely be more if, as long as there were some other benefits, fringe benefits that came with that. Right. Um, I so, know. I didn't say anything about benefits. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So if it was just $15 an hour, just straight cash, nothing else, you're getting nothing else. I mean, there are some things I would be willing to do, um, like maybe prep cooking, like painting, um, maybe trim work. I could, I could see that. Um, you know, like maybe like landscaping or something like that. Okay. Um, definitely not roofing. Um, <laughs> see, and I wouldn't do any landscape. I, what I would do for $15 an hour is I would work out for $15 an hour. I would be, I would say it's probably like a model kind of job where okay. your, your whole, your job is just to look good. I would do that for $15 an hour because that doesn't require me to be that intelligent. It doesn't require me to do a whole lot of thinking. It just requires me <laughs> to look good. Mm -hmm. and, so, and it's also going to be beneficial to your body because you're going to be healthier. So I would do that for $15 an hour because you're also going to put in a lot more effort into that kind of a job. You know, yeah. You're going to be, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I guess there'd be certain, um, I don't know, certain jobs uh, that I would think would be, yeah, like maybe, you know, I would hate to be a grocery clerk. I could do it. I just would hate it. Um, <laughs> I did do grocery stock for a while. And to be mm -hmm. honest, I did that at basically just above minimum wage. That was before Michigan had raised its minimum wage. Yeah, so it was um, like seven fifty or whatever. So, yeah. So yeah, it was, yeah, seven. I think it was around beyond federal. So it was yeah. literally like $8 an hour. Yeah. At night. Yeah. yeah so you were up doing all it, night. Yeah, yeah. You were doing it the late night hours. Yeah. That was awful because then basically I just had this bizarre sleep schedule where I would get home at like eight in the morning and then sleep from like nine to three, maybe. So I'd get six hours of sleep and then I would take a nap basically before my shift yeah starting three hours before the shift i get an hour or two of sleep and then go in yeah and then anytime you wanted to do something on your day off you're like i am sleeping until one o'clock in the afternoon yep oh yeah so the reason why i brought that up is kind of our whole topic here today talking about labor shortage in a general sense yeah and when when both of our responses to ten dollars an hour are basically nothing we would do basically nothing for ten dollars an hour. Well, and 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 like obviously we're so we're in a place where we're adults and we're actually doing yeah where where we're having to support ourselves versus like being in college or something or being in high school. You know that suddenly is very different, right? Yes. It's a very different situation. It is because because once you're done with college, kind of the and this isn't everybody, but your support kind of fades away after that. Yep, and then you're on your own. Uh, but even still in college, I mean, you think about, you're still, you're doing quite a bit to still support yourself. If you want to, mm -hmm. you can live frugally like I did. Uh, but you know, still $10 an hour in college isn't a lot of money, especially because no. you're the amount of time that you're actually being allowed to work is reduced. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was, I was lucky in college that I got jobs that were that were able to work with the school schedule, mm -hmm. right? Um, because they were student jobs, basically. Yes. They were student-made positions. Yep. I was always employed by the university during the two semesters, basically. Yep. And then I would do cooking in the summer. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And uh, you know what? I, I did miss a job that I would do for $10 an hour. There's one job that I would go back and do for $10 an hour. And that was work at the deli at the grocery store. <laughs> I would do that again for $10 an hour, but mainly because I ate a lot of the food while I was working. <laughs> so you were, you got half of your cal- caloric intake there. So you were kind of okay. You were, su- yeah. you were subsidized there, right? <laughs> I was subsidized. It was subsidized living. Yes. I got, yeah. I got fed every time I went in there to work. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think about it now because currently I work in the restaurant industry and the restaurant industry is one of the places that are struggling to find workers that are willing to do the job, but where the pay hasn't increased. Now, I will say this. uh, This is the first year at the restaurant where our owner, our head chef was fighting this for a long time. Not fighting. He was fighting for this for a long time to get the people that work for him more money. Because for the last uh, four and a half years that I have been with them, Mm -hmm. the max pay that a kitchen staff or kitchen member could have was $15. That was the max they could get paid. So yeah, that kind of puts things in perspective. Like that was his max. Now- our, cause our head chef was like, look, you, you need to understand this. If I want to keep good people, I need to pay good people and yeah. to pay good people. I need to pay more. Oh yeah, exactly. So now the, basically the minimum starting wage in the kitchen is $15 an hour. That does not include benefits. That does not include paid time off. That includes none, wow. That's none incredible. of that. That is yeah. just an hourly wage. I, there have been uh, companies, um, fast, more like fast food chain restaurants, who are even offering, you know, fifty dollars just to show up for an interview. Yeah. Or, or they're giving a bonus as long as you work for thirty days. Yeah. And, and yep. things like that. Yeah. They offer a sign-on bonus or something like that. We are currently not offering any of that. Uh, which, I mean, I, I don't know that you necessarily need to offer that. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's what brings in the best people. Yeah. I think that. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But there's also uh. There's other uncertainties that exist in your job that, that are inherent outside of pay. So there's the variability of hours from mm-hmm. season to season. Yep. The, the even even the money coming in season to season. Yeah. And then there's other things that happen like scheduling. Like I remember when I was working in in the kitchen, they eventually after my uh, second year there, mm-hmm. they finally started to work the schedule so that you at least had you know two or three days before the next week's schedule. Ah, uh, yeah. So you had some time so you could plan around. Yeah. The only time they, and then they planned two weeks ahead when they knew there was a big event happening. So that only happened two or three times a year. Um, and that's when they would plan two weeks out ahead. They'd be like, okay, we need you to come in, you know, yeah. six days that, that week, because it's going to be, you know, we're hosting the LPGA events kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, my, so my head chef, my head chef for the longest time would always give two weeks of schedules at once. Now that's just for the kitchen staff. Mm-hmm. He would always have two weeks out there. So that there's time to plan around things uh now he's lost a lot of his support in the kitchen as in like uh his prep cooks the people that are in there at seven eight o'clock in the morning that do a lot of the prep work for the kitchen oh, yeah. so yeah. that's ready to run so he's had to take a lot of that more like a lot more responsibility on because he's lost that and because of that his scheduling has gotten more to be like a week and a half of advance notice so it's not so much you get a full two-week schedule you have like a we have schedule. like half a week knowing what your next week is going to look like exactly yeah. yes now on the other hand there's what us servers have and bartenders have it's we work an entire week and we get our schedule on sunday night going into the next week so that means i have less less than six hours i have less than six hours to know what my next week is from my last shift Mm -hmm. it's rough it's real rough and uh it's it's causing it's causing some problems among the uh the staff 
uh, and we're also short staffed everywhere. And so it's the labor shortage. Yeah. So, and, and so this is something we, we I guess we kind of wanted to discuss was that there's a, a labor shortage in certain areas. Yes. And there's in, in some areas, there's actually an oversupply of labor, you know, where there's basically 50 job applicants yes. for a particular job. And there's others like the restaurant industry, um, or, or even, I mean, construction's always been like this since 2008. Um, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a, a systemic change, I think, to get people wanting to do construction professionally. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, anyway, so they, you know, there's 10 job openings and there's only six people applying, right. Yeah. In, in those industries. So there's yeah. a, um, you know, and what we just discussed, right. You know, I could be in a, you know, working at a call center for 15 bucks an hour. Uh, I get a regular schedule. I'm not, you know, straining my body nope. in a way that's, that's going to harm me in the long run, yep. which would be like instruction. Right. Correct. And so you have a crap ton of people applying for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And you can work remotely, right? You could, yeah. cause you they're not home. like, Oh, pff, don't even come to the office. Like, yeah. Like just here's your managers. I, you know, I am like, I am in like message him if you have a problem, but like just yeah. do your thing at home. Like, yeah. So that the, the whole work from home for, for COVID kind of helped cause a little bit, a little bit of that. Right. Because yep. it's like, well, there are jobs that I can do from home. Yep. Not to commute, which don't is another sunk cost. Right. That's an expense to go yep. to work every day. Yep. And, uh, and um, obviously, the, uh, we have to admit, like unemployment benefits had to do with this a little bit. True. Right. Because I mean, but look at it this way. If unemployment's designed, let's just we're just making the assumption that it's designed to be the bare minimum to get by. Correct. So there's people who will argue differences in that. That's fine. Yeah, uh, that's reasonable. Um, but let's just start starting with that underlying assumption. If I was an Uber driver or working in a fast food restaurant and now I'm making the same on unemployment, you could bet your ass with six months of being unemployed, I'm going to look for something else. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Why go back to that when you know that you can get the exact same amount of money being at home doing nothing? Yeah, exactly. It's no, it's absolutely true. When, when our, when the payment for the job isn't worth the job, Mm -hmm. there are problems. Exactly. Exactly. So, so actually, I found out recently why uh, restaurant workers were fighting for $15 specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's actually a whole reasoning behind that. Um, so if you, if you adjusted for inflation back to, I think it was like 1970 or 1980, so yep. somewhere around there, there's close to like the peak minimum wage value, basically. Yep. Um, so if you were to adjust for inflation, it's around 10 to $11 an hour. Mm-hmm. Adjusting for GDP growth, yep. it's $22 an hour. 20, yeah, gross domestic product. Yeah. If it, adjusting for that rate. Yes. Yeah. It would be $22 an hour. So $15 was actually a compromise between yes. inflation and GDP growth. And just as a fun fact, fun fact, if it caught up with the increase of executive or CEO pay, it would be like $90 an hour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It's, yep. Which yeah. you're like, wow, anyone's job who like, did they get that much more productive? We all know the answer is no. no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, and so I, I do want to run through uh, a quick thing here. Um, Absolutely. A quick, quick little economic thing here. So 
if you compare wages of McDonald's workers um, in Denmark as a minimum wage oh, and yes. the USA, yeah, yes. so Denmark their minimum wage is like twenty two an hour. Yep, um, and the USA is seven twenty five. So, but the price of the Big Mac, the price of the Big Mac, the difference is five point one five dollars for a Big Mac in Denmark and basically three ninety nine four dollars in the US. So that is a little over a dollar difference. And that's not true because if you go to the McDonald's right down the road from me, it's more than five dollars for the Big Mac right now. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah. So um, you're but but the 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 thing is, so you can get into the argument of inflation. But the thing is, is that for that worker, the one in Denmark could consume in a single hour, based on their pay, four point three Big Macs, <laughs> even based on the Denmark price. Yes. Whereas the U.S. person could only consume one point eight. Right. So you can't even get a full two Big Macs for one hour's worth of work. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. The broader economy benefits from a wage increase. Yeah. So it, it, it depends on where you close your boundaries. Right. So the if you just close your, your boundary conditions around the corporation or the, the business, then, of course, your goal would be to pay as little as possible until you start to create a high turnover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But for the broader economy, that's not an advantage. Well, and, you know, I've got I've got one thing really that bothers me about an argument against raising minimum wage. And it's it's when people say that those jobs are for people uh, in high school or just out of high school or in college, you know, like that's where minimum wage is paid. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry to say this, but you're out of touch with reality. The next time you walk into Meyer, the next time you walk into your grocery store, the next time you walk into a McDonald's or a Burger King, take a look at who is working those jobs. And you tell me if they look like they're high school age or not. I would bet it's under a quarter of them are under like their high schools, uh, high schoolers. Yeah. The rest of the students, right. The rest of them are much older than that. And, and to fight against something like that, to fight against people, aren't we supposed to work together here to make a better world? Well, exactly. So, so, you know, I look at it this way. I, I, you know, I want to believe the, I guess I would argue the more, I don't want to say libertarian, but the more conservative view that like people should work for a living. Right. So I I agree with that. Yes. Then let's make sure that the pay is such that people aren't also having to be on the welfare system while working. While working. (laughs) You shouldn't you shouldn't have to be on the welfare system while you're also working 40 hours a week. Exactly. The the, the idea that there are employees at Walmart that have to get food stamps should should that should outrage anybody more than Dr. Seuss, more than any of these other situations. Mr. Potato Head, like, oh, my goodness. That that to me is outrageous. This here is somebody who is working, you know, 35 hours a week and they are on food stamps. That is inherently wrong. If we want people to work, we need to reward that. Right. The first reason somebody's going to stay at a company is because they feel respected. Yeah. Right. So yep. that's like they feel respected. That means the way that people interact with them. Mm-hmm. That means the pay that they receive for their work. And then on top of that, the secondary thing, and this is kind of more of a higher level, is they want to feel like they have a sense of autonomy. Yeah. Right. And so this is where like the United situation in the, so the airlines, right? When yep. the guy got dragged off, um, that was a situation in which the people felt like they had to follow the rules so strictly that they were willing to justify any behavior to do so yeah. because of fear of retaliation against, you know, that by their managers. Yeah. Right. And so when you have a 
an employee that's feels like they have a sense of autonomy. They can make decisions. They can make calls, you know, yeah. that those are great places to work. You know, we were just at a, um, this is where I said landscaping because my wife and I just recently went over to a landscaping business, um, where they grow things, nurseries and whatnot. Yeah. Um, they, so they grow a bunch of plants and all that. And it's super cool place. Almost every employee there is extremely knowledgeable about plants. Yeah. I mean, and they, they, probably can, they can talk to... on my wife's level about plants, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> Yes. Where I'm just like, uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it green? Is it green? No, I want the red one. That one. Yeah. Um, right. And, and so we, we brought something back cause it just like didn't work out kind of thing. Okay. Which they were totally cool with. Um, right. Because they, they want the, they want us to be into gardening. Right. Cause yeah. that benefits them. Yeah. It, and, and they, the guy looked at it and he was like, oh, well, we're like $2 over, but whatever. That's fine. Oh, you know? And so he felt like he had the autonomy to make that decision for yeah, that. Makes that call right then and there. And it's like, oh, hell yes. We are going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like exactly. We will be a return customer for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but people, yeah, exactly. People want to feel uh, a level of respect. And so, so the, the issue I have is I, I see a lot of rhetoric out there where it it's, there's a contempt for labor, right? And it's like, Hey man, if that guy is shoveling shit for a living, like literally shovel, shoveling cow, cow manure yeah, and he should be able to make it home and put food on the table for his family. And if he's fiscally responsible, not be in debt, you know, not be yeah, behind exactly. on bills and things like that. But the, the issue is that's not even possible. It's not, <laughs> you know, minimum wage, if we think about it is under inflation, right? Yeah. So it's under that inflation amount, right? So it's 725 right now, the inflation amount would put it uh, somewhere between 10 and $11 an hour. I think Michigan right now is like nine fifty five. Yeah, it is higher in Michigan. Um, yeah, which which is beneficial to to the larger economy. Um, yes, right. And they've actually shown many times in economic studies that basically there is really no difference in employment outcome overall unemployment levels based on states that raise or don't raise the minimum wage. Yeah. My argument, I would think, is that the biggest harm to a business is an unpredictable increase in, in the wage. Yes. If I know what next year my cost is going to be, then I can make adjustments. Yeah. You know, I can maybe figure out cost savings that I need to figure out or yeah. realign my business somehow. But if it's going to be a surprise every five years, <laughs> we raise it and then we don't raise it for five years and then we raise it again. That's a problem. It's it's so hard to calculate after that because, yeah. Yeah. And, and the uh, thing is, we'll all still benefit because of what the minimum wage is, right? So as an example, if a plumber is going to get paid today, uh, let's say $15 an hour starting out. So that's twice the minimum wage. So if minimum wage is $15 an hour at some point in the future, mm -hmm. then you would be, you, you, you would need to create that a similar differentiation. Yeah. Right. So it would have to be on the order of 25 to $30 an hour, which seems fair for a trade that you exactly. need to work at. Exactly. But, but I've, I, I remember uh, reading it was a plumber who was basically saying he's making the same. So specifically, he's in the middle of his career. He's at his 20 years yep. and he's making the same as his dad had as an entry salary entry level. Yes. Entry level salary. Yeah. He's just clearing the same as his dad when his dad was doing these same was things, like three years on the job, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Versus 20 years on the job. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, how are you going to convince people to want to go into that if it doesn't yeah, if it doesn't, it doesn't make pay. a lot of money, right? Yeah, it's got to pay. Well, that's when we had Beast on. And I'm sure you recall this conversation. And hopefully our listeners do too. Uh, when we had Beast on and he said, you know what? Pay's good. The benefits are the only thing that lack. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and maybe that might mean the difference there, right? Is that maybe yeah. in a different economic environment, such as where 
the labor has the greater negotiating power or has yeah. an increased negotiating power compared to previously, you know, that that might be something maybe he says, yeah, it's fine that I'm getting paid the same as a, or less than an entry level plumber 40, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. but I want benefits. Yeah. Right. And that might be in, in his power to be able to do that. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's just interesting that basically that, that economy has switched for certain fields. Other fields yes. are still very much the employer has the power. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, you know, there's talks of like general strike, all of that. I don't know that that's necessarily the answer. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm always, that, I always hate that because it's like, I think like strikes are very powerful, but at the end of the day too, it's just very harmful to both parties. You're shooting yourself in the foot to walk a mile. Exactly, yeah. So it's- it's not the best option, but obviously, uh, yeah, we, uh, us, uh, you know, one of the problems that I've run into with the restaurant is it's the people who want things to stay the same, but also they can't stay the same if we want to move forward. Uh, and so one of those things is in the restaurant, we used to offer free bread to all tables, yeah. all tables got offered free bread, no matter what. Well, now COVID, we took away free bread because mm-hmm. that was a cost that we were willing to eat for every table to enjoy a little bit of an appetizer, a little bit of a snack just before the food got there. Yep. That was the cost that the restaurant was eating so that people could enjoy themselves. Well, now we're paying our people in our kitchen a lot more money. When I say a lot more, I mean that we bumped up their pay from 10 to $11 an hour to 15 to $19 an hour. That's the difference that we made for the people that work for the restaurant. And the only cost to the restaurant was we no longer offer free bread to people. Which, you know, can be a, a differentiation, right? It's a, a way to make that business differ from others. But there's many other ways you can do that. You want to know the cost of bread now for a table? It's a dollar. A dollar. Wow. It's a dollar. It's one freaking dollar. <laughs> and you know how many people complain that it's a dollar now? Too many people. Too many people complain that now they have to pay a dollar so that people in our kitchen can make a livable wage without benefits and they still work <laughs> 60 hours a week doing it. But you won't pay a friggin' dollar to go out to eat for your friggin' bread. Ooh, oh. man, you really got that off your chest there. Yeah, it's because <laughs> sometimes people suck. Sometimes people just suck. Uh, again, looking at the Big Mac situation, right? So if I pay a dollar more for a Big Mac, but I know that the person behind the counter is taken care of. Yes. Is, you know, that is such a small, inconsequential amount of money to, yes. at least for me, for what I make, right? The, if I have yes. a preference to Wendy's or McDonald's, <laughs> right? <laughs> the preference is going to really be the taste yes. or the quality of food over... <laughs> um, and oh. right, so if you're making seven twenty-five an hour, it's going to be the price. But if you know, obviously, if the wage goes up, and right now it is just by natural, you know, the the natural yes. shortage that's happening. Yes. Um, you know, then then again, the consumer preference is going to take hold more so than the cost difference, right? So, um, really interesting case study here. Sorry, we're getting into like MBA <laughs> type stuff right now, but Lipton Tea used to be as unsustainable basically as every other schmo in the business. I can't even name another tea outside of <laughs> Lipton. But um, anyway, so they essentially said, we're going to take a small price hit to make our product sustainable, mm-hmm. whatever that meant in terms of the farming techniques and whatever. And they advertised the hell out of it. And now you are like, it's freaking hard to find an, a not sustainable tea. Yeah. <laughs> Grown tea. It's it's hard. Like they all say, we're, 
we we you know we've got or the green leaf thing or whatever yeah whatever symbol right they almost all show that now because of lipton the largest player in the market saying hey we're going to do it this way we're going to take the small price increase but we think the consumer is going to prefer that and it turns out they were right and they yeah. started to cannibalize more of the market to the point that the other competitors had to change had to right? change so you had to exactly so you can take a price hit and still benefit, right? As long as you are figuring out a different way to generate value. And exactly. that's the thing is cost cutting is a, and cost management is a huge portion of business operations. We're not minimizing that. That is totally yep. reasonable. That's totally a thing. You have to keep track of costs. You have to keep them down. Yeah. But you can't do it to the point that it takes away focus of how you add value, right? So if your chef, as an example, is so shorthanded that he can't make new dishes that are tasty, that are exciting or change up dishes to make them more tasty or maybe more cost-effective, yeah, but still yeah. same quality. You know, if he can't do that because he's got a shortage of labor in his kitchen, then that's a problem for your business. A larger problem than yeah. the cost of hiring right. another cook. Right? Or yeah, or bringing on more people to work. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's obviously we're getting into how we feel about these situations and what also science says about these situations, what math says about these situations. But uh, exactly at the end of the day. So we do have to admit economics is, although they love to use a lot of statistics and everything, it actually just comes down to psychology. Yes. It's more close to the psychological uh, fields than the you know, physics fields. They they like to throw around a lot of numbers and confuse all of us, us included. Yes. <laughs> um, but in reality, it comes down to psychology, right? And so it's it's if I, you know, on unemployment, had a year off and I've reevaluated what I want and I go out looking for that, that's why we see jobs that have, you know, a huge ratio of applicants. Yeah. And then other jobs that are like construction and and uh, the restaurant industry that are lagging behind because they can't offer those same things that the other jobs are offering. Yeah. And if you can't offer what the other ones can, you're the one that's going to fail because yep. that's where people are going to jump. Now, I've got one last thing to say on this topic, and I can't tell you where the quote is from off the top of my head, but it's a quote that I kind of live my life by, not kind of, I absolutely live my life by this quote. And it's never... Never look at your neighbor's bowl to make sure you have more. The only reason you should look at your neighbor's bowl is to make sure that they have enough. Because hmm. if they don't have enough, they're, they're not going to survive. Don't you want people to just live together happily? That's that's what yeah. really kind of matters is that everybody has enough. And to, to complain that $15 an hour is too much money for people. When if you ask yourself, what job would you do for $15 an hour? And you can't come up with a single answer to it. That's a problem. Or the answers you come up with are very limited. Yes. Right? There's, like, there's a limited play, number of opportunities. Like I will that. play video games for $15 an hour. <laughs> yeah. So would every teenager. You know, because as we discussed, like you could work construction. Mm -hmm. It's it's tough. And you might end up needing knee surgery within 20 years of working in that industry. And yeah. I can tell you $10 an hour, even $15 <laughs> an hour is not going to justify that knee surgery and the no. pain that you will be in for the rest of your life. Nor is it going to pay for that knee surgery. I've seen one, one of my favorite um, YouTube channels. He just shows really interesting tricks. He's a former contractor. And so okay. he's worked construction for 20 years. He basically like he had knee surgery once. And then after uh, his channel blew up, he was just like, dude, I'm doing the channel because I'm not going to wear out the surgery that I had. Yeah on my knees because you know it's just going to be another expense and it's going to be more painful the next time yeah right and so now he does his youtube channel literally that was more 
<laughs> that was a, a larger preference for him. He, he might not even make as much money, but that he so preferred not to be destroying his knees for yeah. that, that cost. Um, you know, and, and hopefully there, I, I've seen a couple innovations that'll hopefully make things more ergonomic and I really, but, but again, that's a, an expense to the company yeah. right, to be able to implement that um, or to the contractor himself. Right. There's, yeah. Or on the person who's actually doing the job, it could be the expense. Exactly. Exactly. Um, like there's bionic systems that can help you with lifting. So if you're yep. lifting a bunch of two by fours or things like that, like it helps you support yourself so that you're not putting all the weight on your body. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, but again, th those opportunities aren't available if we just assume, oh, well, you're getting paid what you're worth. Right. I, that, I guess that's the underlying assumption. Yes. And that, I, that assumption is not correct because a lot of what drives wages is power, right? Yes. Do you have the power to negotiate? And for most employees, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> there's very few of us that have a talent enough that if we said, Hey, I'm going to leave tomorrow because I didn't get my way, you know, that yeah, stuff that's... would not work out at that place. Right. No. Um, so interesting, interesting, interesting. interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Andrew, what is something interesting from the week? So interesting from the week. So I was, um, sitting here doing work in my my spare bedroom and we talked about this a couple episodes ago this crow that likes to walk the street yes the street crow the street crow who likes to walk around the street <laughs> this motherfucker walked by my window oh boy <laughs> he was taunting me he knew i was talking shit about him and he, he was just walking to my lawn right outside my window literally maybe six feet from my window <laughs> walking around in my yard again like he owned the place <laughs> he does own it you i just know, don't I, know it I, yet. I have the feeling if dude if i left food out on a table for like a couple minutes and came back out on my back porch that eat it you it need to that train crow. him to bring you money yeah there we go because he will <laughs> yeah yeah you train maybe. him to bring you money you give him food for for dollar bills maybe, that crow, maybe. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. bring you money all day long yep um, the only other thing then that I have is that I, uh, went mountain biking and, uh, also a nature incident is, uh, there was a squirrel hiding in a dead trunk. Okay. And it like zipped across the path and I tried to not hit him and I didn't <laughs> hit him, but I was like, man, I just almost flipped over my handlebars for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was prepared to die for you. <laughs> Won't happen again, squirrel. So that's... Uh, and had I hit the squirrel, it just would have been the weirdest mountain biking experience ever. Yeah. I literally created roadkill in a mountain biking. Yes. Which is yes. just weird. I don't think that's ever happened. That's a weird experience. Yeah. Uh, as what far as you? interesting from the week. Oh, man. Jeez. I feel like my week's been pretty, pretty uninteresting for the most part. Um, you know what? The most interesting thing that I did with my week was I bought a new pillow. Hmm. I, uh, I've not been sleeping very well. Uh, and so I've been taking more uh, sleep and recovery uh, gummies before I go to bed. Uh, I think they've got like melatonin in them or something like that. Uh, I don't know what it is, uh, but they my sleeping has improved and the new pillow has definitely improved my sleep schedule. Uh, oh, and you know what? I did forget about this. I am signed up for school Whoa. officially. So we can check another thing off the list for the uh, things I wanted to do this year. All right. So we got pillow check <laughs> and we got... <laughs> Check on the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I've gotten six books read over the year. I am signed up for uh, Grand Rapids Community College currently. Excellent. Uh, that might change to Grand Valley. Just depends. Got to talk to them still. Uh, but Go Cobras. That's the GRCC <laughs> thing, right? It's Cobras? No, it's no? the Raiders. Okay. Oh, the Raiders. All right. <laughs> they're, they're trash pandas. <laughs> they're literally... 
They're literally raccoons. They're raiding your trash, trash cans. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I love that. That's awesome. Yes, they are the the GRCC raiders. Okay, so, perfect. Uh, but yeah, so that was another interesting thing from the week. Is uh, got that all set up. So that's been a huge, huge boost. Cool, cool. Well, so you'll be starting in the fall then, doing some, some starting classes. in the fall, working towards a nursing degree. Yes. So that is the that is the game plan. Excellent. So see, we have another fine example of somebody who's in an industry and is like, you know what, long term, I want to do something different. Yeah. Yep. You know. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of been the case for the last, I don't know, probably four years where you know you can it's weird when you can see the end in sight at a job that you work at and you you don't like the end. Mm-hmm. But mainly you can see the end because of the other people that work that job with you that never ended. Yeah. And yeah. you see that and you say, I don't I don't want to do that when I'm that well, age. Well, and like so like we discussed earlier, right? The the predictable schedule, having that ahead of time, that's the company respecting your time. Exactly. Right. And again, that's that's um, that's inexpensive to do. Very it doesn't cost very much to do. No. Now I understand with your guys's thing, it's kind of a little like a little weather dependent, right? Because you got Somewhat. outdoor seating. But also, we don't ever check the weather when we plan our outdoor seating. We schedule know, right? the same <laughs> amount of people every single day. Every single day has got the same setup. Everything is done the exact same, and then you make your calls the day of mm-hmm. on whether or not you're needed for that day. Yep. Uh, so Andrew, what is something that you've learned from today's episode? I I mean, I've learned a lot and, uh, doing the research, I learned a lot about this and honestly, I just, yeah, I'm, I am just now really more cognizant of, Hey, if somebody's working hard, like, you know, do they need to be the richest person in the world? No, No. but should they have a a life of dignity? Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's what I've learned. I have learned that you're going to go crazy with a Rubik's cube at a lighthouse, which yes, I will. I can't Eventually, wait. Actually, I'll just rip the stickers off and put them on <laughs> the right order. <laughs> uh, but then they won't stick as well and they'll all be crooked. So it'll be yes. very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be very obvious that you never solved it. And then I'll wake up after sleeping and it will have been all mixed up again. And then I would be like, no. <laughs> I've also learned a lot uh, about today in a serious tone uh, that really we got to we got to respect each other and make sure that everybody that's working and doing their part to actually continue to work is getting rewarded for the want to work. And it's got to happen. We got to come together somehow to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And just simply saying, let's not have an unemployment system isn't necessarily the right answer, because again, that's more of a that's more of a means to create power, a power dynamic, right? Yeah. To say, well, okay, you got to, <laughs> you may be part of the wealthiest country in the history of the world, but you still got to worry about starvation. Yes. Which is just a crazy thing. You still you read, have to apply for food stamps. If you, yeah, if you read what people were thinking about in the medieval ages, like if you read some of their writings, they were basically thinking like, wouldn't it be great if we lived in a world where you didn't have to worry about food, <laughs> like <laughs> about, about getting food, like... <laughs> And we're still worrying about that today. And, 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 and we still have this notion that that's what's going to motivate people. And we know from psychology, again, that it's positive, more positive things that motivate people, right? The, the idea of self-actualization, yes. you know, the, the fact that, hey, I, I, there was a problem that happened here at work and I just solved it. Yeah. And I felt free to do that. And I made my company look good doing it. Yep. People want to be able to do that. Yep. At the end of the day, that's what they want. That's what I love doing at work. I love solving problems. It's the best feeling. Yeah. All right, guys. It's been a fun episode, Andrew. 
thanks for letting me get some of that out today. Yep. Get a little of that, that inner rage out. Yeah. <laughs> about bread. About bread. About. <laughs> that, was, that was the inspiration of this episode. I want everyone to know that it was $1 bread. <laughs> $1 bread, baby. Which is amazing that you could get bread for $1. $1. Anyway. I know, right? $1. <laughs> That's nothing. I don't even think you could. You could get a uh, marked down loaf of bread, I think, at Meyer or uh, Walmart for less than a dollar. But I don't think you could get a new loaf of bread for a dollar. No, no. That's not possible. You can't even get a Snickers bar for a dollar anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this bread is prepared for you. It's grilled. They put some oil on top of it for you, and then you get to consume it. You know, I... I a dollar. There was um, some idiot group of friends that I hung out with in freshman year of college. And we went to the grocery store to pick up some, some groceries. And one of the guys, you know, he came back with condoms and he was like, naturally, man, I can't believe this. It comes out to like, I don't remember at the time. It was like a dollar 30 per condom. And I was like, dude, think about the alternative. Yeah. Think about the alternative <laughs> like, cost. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Not, not the brightest dude, not the brightest bulb uh, in the match for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But just smart enough. Let's let's admit that. Just smart <laughs> enough. <laughs> smart enough to buy them. But again, again, complaining, complaining about the cost. <laughs> oh. No, some people's kids, Andrew. Some people's kids. Yep. All right. All right. Thank you, listeners. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for sticking it to the end of the episode, everyone. All right, guys. Toodles. Toodles. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dude Scouts. Please validate our fragile selves by giving us a follow on Instagram or send us an email at dudescoutspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Toodles.